You're listening to Second Breaks, a show where we explore how to navigate and thrive from midlife transitions. My name's Lou Blazer. I am the publisher of Midlife Cues. This is a highly researched weekly newsletter for intentional living and personal growth in our middle years. To check it out and subscribe, head on over to midlifecues.com. As a general statement, I think it's safe to say that we would all rather feel grateful than not. We would all rather be in a state of gratitude than not. I think that it's also safe to assume that we intuitively know, even if we may not know the actual science behind it, that having a gratitude practice is beneficial to our well-being. But, here comes the big but, (laughs) there are folks like me, for example, I'm raising my hand here, who find having a consistent gratitude practice a challenge. It feels forced. And no matter how we try to stick with it, coming up with a list of things that we're grateful for first thing in the morning or at bedtime, it just doesn't feel natural. It all feels superficial. Personally, I've always felt guilty about this. And in the past, I didn't fess up to having this issue because it just feels like, you know, there's something wrong with me. I mean, how could I not have a consistent gratitude practice? It makes me sound like I'm an ingrate, like I'm not grateful. I'm not a grateful person, right? And that just sounds like bad to me, to my ears. So that's one problem. This, you know, having a difficulty sticking to a gratitude practice. The other challenge that I see is that there are times in our lives when feeling grateful is, let's just say, too difficult, maybe even impossible to muster. When you've just been fired from a job and You don't know where the heck you're going to go from there. When you've just been diagnosed with an illness, when you've lost someone you love, when you're having relationship problems. I mean, these are just examples of unwanted curveballs that can bring up negative emotions. And it can be so hard to feel grateful during those times. I mean... You know, just, you just want to throw up your, your arms and say, you know, I've just lost my job. You know, what is there to be grateful for? Right. So I really wanted to dive into this topic in the season of the podcast when we're talking about curveballs, because even though I do have my own challenges sticking with a great uh, gratitude practice, I also believe that having A practice like this, being in a state of gratitude, is one of the tools that can help us navigate through curveballs and periods of uncertainty and transition. So joining me in this episode is Holly Bertone, host of the Gratitude Builds Fortitude podcast. Holly is a number one Amazon.com best-selling author. She is a sought-after speaker and a gratitude coach. 
As a breast cancer and autoimmune survivor, Holly helps women view their diagnosis as a gift so that they can unwrap resilience to build fortitude with gratitude. Holly spent 25 years rising through the ranks of consulting and federal government service before her failing health shattered her corporate dreams. Since then, she has leaned into her path of true purpose as the president and CEO of Pink Fortitude and founder of the Fortitude Academy by helping women go from grumpy warriors to grateful warriors. In this episode, we talked about why the typical list three things gratitude practice may not work for everybody. Uh, that being in a state of gratitude is less a matter of listing things that we're grateful for, but more about actually feeling grateful. How we can start getting into a grateful state of being when times are good, and what gratitude may mean or look like during more turbulent times. Whether you've got a well-oiled gratitude practice or not, I think you're going to find this episode insightful. But particularly if you're challenged like me, this episode is going to help you figure out what a consistent, natural, authentic gratitude practice may look like for you. I personally walked away from my conversation with Holly feeling a lot better about myself and realizing that, you know, I'm not so far off after all. All right, let me transition to my chat with Holly and I'll catch up with you at the back end. You say that practicing gratitude may not be the best way for everybody. So I just want to first level set with you. What is the uh, common understanding of quote unquote practicing gratitude? What do people think about when they say we should practice gratitude usually? Everywhere I look, everyone says the same thing. I mean, 99.9% of the time, Everyone says to make a list of three things. And it's how I got started. I'm sure you make a list of three things. I'm sure everyone listening's like, yeah, I've done that before. I've heard people say that. It's 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 a great idea in theory, but what happens is that it becomes a to-do list. And it becomes mm. a time to check the box, right? I'm grateful for my spouse. I'm grateful for my house. I'm grateful for my dog. I'm grateful for my job. Check, check, check. Mm. Next. And that's it. And gratitude just gets thrown around, you know, kind of like the word water, like, oh, gratitude, right? Like, oh, I say thank you. Or, oh, I say, you know, my list of three things or, oh, I'm thinking positive. That's really where the misconception is because, and, and we can get into this, but there's scientific benefits of gratitude that will literally change your life. And, you know, positive and negative emotions can't occupy the same space in your brain. So when you are in a state of gratitude, those negative feelings aren't there. So when you make that list of three things, or you say thank you, or you express appreciation to someone, it's fleeting. And when I talk to people, and I'm not saying this to be snarky by any means, but I always say, how's that working for you, right? Is it is that gratitude something that's just kind of there in the, in the moment? Or is that something that actually stays with you 24-7? I'm so glad that you just went there right away because oh, yeah. <laughs> this, this is my challenge, Holly, because 
um, you mentioned scientific benefit, uh, scientific benefits, and I totally agree. I believe in the benefits of uh, gratitude or having a gratitude practice. But to your point, it's become sort of vogue to say it now, and it's. I feel like it's to the point where we throw it around. We've lost. It's lost its meaning at this right. point. Right. Right. The majority of the women that I work with in my community have some type of uh, chronic health condition or health challenge. When individuals join my community, there's a a short survey that they can fill out. 75% when they first join my community say that gratitude does not work for them or that they're not worthy of gratitude. And if that doesn't break your heart, I don't know what does. Do you think that the practice of gratitude is difficult for some people because of hardship? Is it like situational, right? Like, okay, I have a lot of problems right now, have, or I have health issues or my kids, you know, relationship issues, whatever it is. And so I don't feel grateful at the moment or not just at the moment but in this period of my life I don't feel grateful but you're saying I get that you're saying that there are some people where it's not really situational it's just a common thing for them right is that right. is that what I yeah yeah let's jump into what's called the reticular activating system mm-hmm. and if, if you're listening and not familiar with that term it's a part of the brain that focuses on it's basically it's like a what do you call it? The self-looking ice cream cone. It focuses on what you focus on. So for example, um, I always like to use this example a couple years ago. I had a 14-year-old truck that was involved in a hit and run. And so I went to the Hyundai dealer and I said that I wanted a Tucson. And they said, oh, well, we've got a Kona. It was a little bit smaller. I had never heard of the Kona before, ever. Like I thought the Tucson was the smallest Hyundai. So I was like, oh my goodness, the Kona is perfect. I buy the Kona. And because now the Kona is what is on my mind, everywhere I drive, I see other Konas. So that's like the the easiest example of the reticular activating system is that our brain focuses on what we focus on is, is the predominant thought in our mind. So if you're someone who has a generally sunny disposition, then gratitude probably comes pretty easy to you. But let's look at, you know, something long term versus something that's more situational. So let's let's talk about hardships or challenges or the storms of life, whatever that is, whether that is a chronic health challenge or maybe it's financial struggling financially or maybe it's relationships, uh, relationship difficulty or, you know, even just a bad day at work. Yeah. And, you know, those days that you wake up, even if even if everything is going right in your world. And you know that day when you wake up and you just wake up in a bad mood and you don't want anyone to put you in a good mood and you wake up in a bad mood and that's all you can think about. And then everything just goes wrong. Everything goes wrong. You know, you go into the refrigerator and, you know, whatever, almond milk or regular milk or whatever, you're out. Like, it's just like a drip left and that's it. And you have no none left and you're like, oh man, you know, or whatever. Like everything just goes wrong that day. You get stuck in traffic or whatever. And it's just like, it's cumulative. And it just seems to kind of build out. So that's what I would say kind of from the situational perspective, right? And then from the long-term perspective, like I said, things like, you know, health challenges or financial or relationship or, you know, whatever that kind of 
long-term systemic storm that you're going through. And that's all that you can think about. That's all that you can focus on. And, and that is, that is difficult. Um, earlier today, I was on with one of my clients. She's uh, stage four cancer. And, um, you know, she's, we've been working together for a year and she goes through a, she, I mean, anyone in stage four is going through a lot. That is a storm of life. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, just her ability to just always stay on the side of gratitude just blows me away how absolutely positive she has been through everything. So, you know, even though that is her circumstance, she focuses on so much positivity in life. So it's really taking that situation, you know, whether it's, it's long-term and systemic or whether it's, it's situational and saying, you know, which side of the fence do I want to be on? Do I want to focus on the negative or do I want to focus on the positive? I vaguely remember an article that I read that said that there are some people who are just predisposed to not, there are some people who are predisposed to being grateful um, just as a general statement. And then there are some people who are pretty supposed not to be grateful, just as a general statement, it has nothing to do with what's going on in their lives, has nothing to do with the situation. Have you ever heard that before? Do you believe that? I haven't seen specific scientific studies, but absolutely, I 100% agree. I just think some people are just kind of wired to the negative side, and some people are just kind of wired to the positive side. I mean, just, you know, you you go to the grocery store, right? There's always that clerk that's just smiling and happy, right? And then there's always that clerk that's just grumpy that you kind of want to ignore their line and go to the happy clerk, even if their line's a little bit longer. Yeah, exactly. Well, you know, it's, it's funny, like I'll, I'll, uh, I'll use myself as an example here for a second, but, um, so I just, I generally tend to be positive, optimistic, and some friends of mine have, said sometimes that I am a Pollyanna about certain things. So as a general statement, I tend to be optimistic and positive, even when things are going wrong. But at the same time, if you sit me down and go, okay, Lou, come up with three things that you are grateful for today. I have a hard time other than rattling off the things, family, you know, those kinds of things. But then I feel like, no, I, f- I want to, when I rattle off the things that I- I'm grateful for, I want it to be more meaningful and not just rattle off a bunch of things. And of course, everybody is grateful for their family. Of course, everybody is grateful for their job. Of Well, m- most people will be grateful that they have a job. Of course, people are grateful for the health, you know, those kinds of stuff. Um, but I... I would love to come up with things that I'm meaningfully grateful for, if if whatever that phrase means. And so I have a hard time. So right now, if you say, come up with three things, I'd be like, I'm going to, I'm going to, right? I might say, well, I'm grateful that I'm having this conversation with you. Does that resonate with you? Have you heard people with this sort of challenge that I'm explaining or describing. Absolutely. And, you know, interestingly, I'm not sure if you're familiar with the DISC personality Mm, method. Vaguely, yes. So just to, um, for the uh, listeners, it's, you know, you've got your kind of dominant personality, you've got your kind of life of the party, you've got your more slow and steady, and then you've got your more like list maker calculated kind of person. So in a nutshell, in a you know, 60 second nutshell of an entire book and methodology, that's 
really the, the four personalities. And, you know, to kind of think of gratitude from that perspective, I always like to say, um, you know, kind of like if you have kids, you always say to meet, your, meet the child where the child is at. And gratitude is kind of the same way. Gratitude is kind of like your child. It's like your inner child. It's, I always like to say to meet gratitude where gratitude is at and let gratitude meet you where you're at, meaning to practice gratitude based on your personality and based on where you're at that day. And then let gratitude meet you on where you are at at that current moment in time so that you don't feel like you have to be. And I, my name is Holly, right? So I always joke, I'm a Holly Anna, right? Um, you know, so you don't feel like you have to be this like happy, happy person all of the time that just be authentically you where you're at, regardless of the mood that you're in and let gratitude meet you in that in that space. So, you know, if you are more of that, you know, kind of dominant personality, you know, you might be the one that is the one at the dinner table that just kind of leads the gratitudes for everyone or, you know, kind of makes a game out of it to just do a little bit better each time or, you know, to go a little deeper. If you're the life of the party, you know, you might want to share your gratitudes with 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 your best friend or post them on social media and get other people involved. So it's more of an interaction with other people. If you're kind of more of that slow and steady, you're going to want to go really deep with one thing that you're grateful for. And, you know, just take one thing and say who, what, where, why, when, how, and, you know, think about all of the things about that thing or that person or that situation that you're grateful for. And then if you're, you are kind of like that more analytical person, you're that logic brain, you actually might want to make a list of things that you're, that you're grateful for as well. And that's about 25% of the population. So when everyone says make a list of three things you're grateful for, they're missing out on 75% of the population. Um, you said something there that I wanted to uh, just explore a little bit more the who, what, when, why type stuff. And so I've also read something that says when we talk about what we're grateful for, it's also important to say, why are we grateful for this thing or this person or this event? So, you know, I'm grateful for my spouse and continue the sentence, not just end there. Do you agree right. with that? Is that a good Absolutely. practice? Absolutely. Yeah. It brings, it really brings some depth to the mm-hmm. gratitude and mm-hmm. I like to call it sticky gratitude. Mm-hmm. So again, rather than just a checklist, you're actually feeling it and that's that's the whole goal to really go from gratitude being something that you do from being that to-do list to being who you are and i was actually kind of uh joking i did a a two truths and a false or something like that and just kind of joking like i actually don't quote unquote practice gratitude every day you know it's i don't make a list of the things i'm grateful for i don't actually do that specific type of gratitude practice, but it's a part of me and I feel it versus I do it. And that's the big difference is that when gratitude goes from being something that you do to actually who you become, and it completely rewires your brain at that point. You know, something you said there just, I think, hit home for me. It's a difference between you wake up in the morning, you come up with your three things, or before you go to bed, you come up with your three things. It's a difference between that quote unquote practice and, and I'm going to fumble here because it's just, I'm just now realizing it from what you said, 
the difference between that and feeling grateful throughout the day. And I'm not, I don't mean every minute of the day, but like there's this sense of just finding or acknowledging the things or the events or the people or the experiences for which we are grateful. I'm not finding the right words because it just now, the way that you said it just hit me. The, the difference between the two. Did I, did I get anywhere near? <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and I think it goes back to that reticular activating system. So if we, if we are, if gratitude is a part of our being, then it is something that is a part of us. And as we go throughout our day, right, we're constantly looking for not from a place of spiritual bypassing or toxic positivity, (laughs) right? But we're looking for, we're looking for the good in things, you know, and not, like I said, not from a place of just, oh, life is rainbows and unicorns and puppy kisses, like not from that kind of toxic positivity, but just from a very centered, balanced way of this is how I feel. I just, I am grateful for it all. Uh, One of my mentors has this phrase, and that I'm here for it all. And I just changed it to I'm grateful for it all, regardless of, you know, what is going on in my life at the time. And I do want to say, and I want to, very important, it is important to be in the fields. If you are going through a situation, it is very important that you experience, that you acknowledge the fields, that you experience the feels and and you have that human experience and be in that emotional state and not just push it aside. So I'm I'm not I I want to make sure that I'm I'm very clear on that. I'm not talking about walking around with rose cuddler to classes. So um you know but it changes your brain chemistry and it changes it, it, it changes your stress level. It changes the inflammation in your body and it literally changes you at the cellular level. And, and if we can get into the fortitude component, I, you know, I have a podcast called gratitude builds fortitude. And it's what I say. Gratitude builds fortitude. It's that mental strength. And when you're going through the storms of life and you have that level of gratitude that you know that I'm waking up into this situation. I may not be able to change the situation, but I have control over my outlook. And I can be in that state of looking for the gratitude. I can be in that state of looking for the opportunity and for the solution rather than being in the state of the problem. And that makes life a lot of a a very different experience. That makes life a lot different. And when you're in that state, what happens is that it actually builds mental strength. Scientifically proven that gratitude builds mental strength. My mother's life mantra was all about fortitude and building fortitude during the storms of life. And it took me a minute, but I put the two together that actually it is gratitude that builds fortitude, that, that, that builds that mental strength. So not just for what you're currently going through, but just like you go to the gym, right? You, you, don't go to the gym once and do one push up. And then you're like, yay, I have perfectly toned arms for the rest of my life. No, you have to keep doing push ups or you have to keep exercising to stay healthy. 
And gratitude is the same way. And it builds that mental strength in the same way in that it's a continual practice. And again, a different practice than making a list of three things, right? It's it's a part of that being, right? And when you have that level of practice in your life, then you know that the next time that that challenge happens, the next time something quote unquote bad in life comes up, that you've got that mental fortitude, that mental strength to get through the tough times. And then that's where gratitude becomes your superpower because you know what? You 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 don't walk through life in that state of anxiety and fear for the future and the what ifs. You walk through life in that state of gratitude, in that state of being solution-driven, in that state of opportunity, and in that state of leaving room for the magic. I like, there's something that you said earlier, I'm grateful for it all. I like that phrase. And it reminds me of a practice, if I could use that word. And I cannot, for the life of me, remember the guy's name. And again, for the show notes, I'm going to locate it because, you know, I I referred to it before. This guy who I um, read before talked about difficult gratitude as in not just being grateful for the great things or the happy things that happen in life, but even for the difficult things that, that happen in your life be grateful for it. Find the thing that you could be grateful for. You know, when you said I'm grateful for it all, which I love that phrase and I might borrow it for myself. I think I'm going to say that every day and I think that would help me. You know, borrow borrow away. away. I love that. <laughs> it's kind of along the same lines, right? Not just being grateful for the happy things, but like the guy, you know, this guy that was um, referencing, he would say like, you're stuck in traffic. You could be pissed off if you want to and curse away or just pause and say, you know, I'm grateful for this time that I'm stuck in traffic and I'm just sitting here in my car and I could think about, you know, you just be grateful for the kinds of stuff that that particular stuck in traffic opportunity brings you. I'm not aware of what you're talking about, but I think it is. I think it's the exact same thing in terms of just being able to Look at every single situation in your life as a lesson, an opportunity, an open door. Um, it's, it's everything is, is there to teach us. And I know that, you know, if you're listening and you're feeling a lot of resistance on that and you're like, Oh, you don't understand my situation, Holly, and what I'm going through. And there's nothing good about this. Mm -hmm. I get it. Mm -hmm. I get it. I've, I've, I've been through cancer. I've been through autoimmune. I was forced to resign my job because I was so sick. I've been through a divorce. Like I've been through some really tough times in my life and to be on that other side. And, you know, like I said, when you're in it, give yourself the space to be in the emotions and, and to feel it all. But at some point it's time to stick your head up and say, you know what, what is Mm -hmm. going on and what can I learn from this situation? How can I grow as a human being because of this? How can this situation make me a better person? How can I serve mm-hmm. others because of the situation? You know, I wanted to put a pin what you said just now. And also a few minutes ago when you said we're not, you're not talking about ignoring what is happening. Obviously, if you're, you're going through some really tough time, um, somebody passed away, you have gotten a bad diagnosis, you lost your job, whatever it is that's really uh, negative or difficult or painful or hurtful, we're not saying, oh, just be grateful. 
<laughs> you're not slapping that on and you're saying absolutely being that moment and it's important to feel what that situation or that experience uh, brings you and and this is where it gets tricky and I want to make sure that I am saying the right thing or uh, understanding it correctly feel the moment or feel what those experiences or those you know negative situations are bringing up for you and at some point find something about that experience that we can be grateful for is that what we're is that what you're usually talking to your uh, folks about yeah i mean and it's not always necessarily what am i grateful for about this negative situation but what can i learn about myself what can i how can i grow as a human being how can i serve others you know and 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 looking beyond that beyond that scope and and here's the thing too and again if you're listening you're like feeling a lot of resistance around this um i want to talk about stress for a minute and dis- decision making and because this is important and this is important to really distinguish that line between when it's time to be in the fields and when it's time to get out of the fields and to move on. Because what happens is that when something, you know, an event happens again, whether it's something long term or whether it's situational, the stress response goes off in our, our body, the flight and freeze, right? The, the sympathetic nervous system, and it creates inflammation. And if it is something that is long term and prolonged, that inflammation then can cause disease in our bodies. But the other thing that happens is that we, when we are in that state, whether it's short term or long term, the amygdala in our brain just kind of like hijacks everything. And that's where we make our decisions. And when we're in that state, poor decisions happen. It's just how our brain works. Like our brain mm-hmm. is trying to keep us safe. It's how it works. So think about it this way. When you're stressed, do you reach for, you know, pizza or pasta or ice cream or the bag of chips? Or do you reach for an orange or an apple or, you know, something healthy, right? Like it's just kind of how we're, how we're wired. And when you're in that state of fear or anger or anxiety and you have all these emotions going on, right? Is your brain just kind of raging or is your brain actually calm and thinking? So this is why gratitude is at the top of the food chain and gratitude can really help to lower that stress response and to switch off the the sympathetic nervous system, turn on the, the parasympathetic nervous system, your rest and digest and give your brain space to make better decisions. So when you're in that crisis, when you're in that difficult situation, like this is the time of your life. Like when you're in that crisis mode, this is when you want to make the best decisions. You want to have that clear head to make good decisions, right? So that's where gratitude comes in because it really can help to lower that stress response and to kind of help our brain, you know, rewire itself. You know, that's why, you know, when I, when I, when I, do hear people talk about yeah, having that resistance of not wanting to come out of that place of being in the boohoos. That's one of the biggest reasons why is that you want to have your brain switched on to make good decisions when you're in a crisis mode. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So you don't uh, recommend 
people, I I am guessing here, but you are not one of those people who would recommend wake up every morning, come up with three things on uh, to be grateful for. Is that that's you don't recommend that kind of practice? I mean, it's not that I don't recommend it, but gra- I'm just gratitude is so much more than the list of three things. If the three things, if the three things is working for you, if you actually, if it does create a sense of gratitude and a sense of gratitude being a part of your being, right. then by all means continue with the practice. But if it's just a list, if it's just a checkbox first thing in the morning, it's, it's then, probably yeah, it's, not working for you. Okay. Well, I'm going to ask you of two specific situations that um if you wouldn't mind recommending something so one is someone who's just um they would want to get into some kind of a gratitude practice or get into being grateful and this person isn't necessarily experiencing anything negative or nothing like that just you know what would you recommend this how would you recommend this person to begin um we talked about the different personalities So, Mm -hmm. you know, if you are someone who's kind of more of a driver to kind of look at gratitude, almost like a competition with yourself and just kind of make it fun and start there. If you're someone who's more of the life of the party to, you know, exchange your gratitudes with your best friend or on social media. If you're someone who's a little more kind of steady and heart centered to really go deep, really go deep with that one thing that you're grateful for. And then if you are the list maker, by all means, continue making the list and, you know, really kind of start from that personality based um, and then go from there. And like I said, just feeling it from that deep level, you know, the who, what, where, why, when, how, and then start as you, as you go throughout your day, really think about where, where is my headspace at this moment? And am I focusing on the negative of whatever's going on or am I focusing on the positive? And, mm-hmm. you know, really try to switch out that, that headspace. Gotcha. And then the other scenario, uh, is somebody who's really experiencing something traumatic or negative. They just heard that they got fired. They got laid off. They're having serious financial issues or somebody's been diagnosed with an illness or somebody's just, you know, somebody they love just died or something like that. How would how would you recommend what that person to tap into gratitude? So one of my favorite stories to tell is um, when my mom died, I always called her Mama Fortitude and she passed away in 2019 mm-hmm. and I was knee deep in my gratitude practice at that point. And I remember just laying in bed, grieving, just sobbing, crying, you know, missing my mom. And I, and it was almost like two defiant toddlers on my shoulder, each battling against each other. So the toddler on one shoulder was like, this is your time to grieve. The toddler on the other shoulder was like, you know, you're into this gratitude thing. You need to be more grateful. And these toddlers were just battling it out like a temper tantrum on each of my shoulders, you know, kind of screaming in my ear. And it really brought home like where we're in conflict, right? Like where like only, you know, when it's time to be in the fields and when it's time to to start opening the door. And what was interesting 
was when, you know, when I was in those tears and I was like, I don't want to be grateful for anything right now. I just want to miss my mom and I just want to be sad. And that's okay. That's okay. That's exactly where I was at. And that's exactly where I was supposed to be at. But then at some point in the middle of the tears, I thought I had this um, yellow mechanical pencil, you know, the, the, you like click, click and the lead comes out and you, you got the little eraser. Just, it, it's just a stupid little mechanical pencil. It was nothing of significance in my life, but I love that pencil. It was the pencil that I used every single day. And that's what I thought about. I thought about how grateful I was for that stupid little yellow pencil. And that's what opened the door. And it was just this, what do they say? Tiny, tiny hinges open big doors. You know, what I love about that story, uh, which is sort of like a plot twist almost in my <laughs> mind, is that a lot of people are probably expecting, oh, and then she's going to find the thing about her mom that she would remember that she would be finally open the why am I grateful for moment. And that's what I love about that story. Is isn't, that, it, isn't it funny though? <laughs> right. And actually... I mean, I, I could think of events in my life when it's like that, that the thing that takes you, that like cracks the whatever, you know, cracks the moment or changes, is has nothing to do with the thing. And the more you're forcing yourself to find the thing in this thing that will help you, the more it doesn't work that way. Oh, I love that story. Thank you so much, Holly, for sharing that story. I think it it's actually quite deep for me and it resonates because I lost my mom just a few months ago and so I'm going to re-listen to this bit a few times because I think it's going to be very helpful for me as well for a totally different reason Uh, so thank you for sharing that story um how did you get into this work, Holly? Have you ever been, have you always, not have you ever been, but have you always been a grateful kid? How did you get into this? What got you into this, you know, field? <laughs> <laughs> so I um, I was a project manager for a government consulting firm and then transitioned over to government. I was actually the chief of staff for one of those three federal, three letter federal government agencies that they make TV shows about. And so that was my world. I was a project manager. I had, was like this type A overachiever. And I was diagnosed in 2010 on my 39th birthday with breast cancer. And then a year later, I was diagnosed with Hashimoto's thyroiditis, which is an autoimmune disease. And then in 2017, uh, my health got so bad that I was forced to resign from my job. So I, it was just like one, two, three in, in a span of about seven years. And I became a certified natural health coach just because medicine, traditional medicine was failing me. And I wanted to explore other uh, ways to heal my body. And throughout that process, I really got turned on to the emotional component of, of that inner healing and realizing that at the top of the food chain was gratitude. And then that's when I started talking to my community and realizing, whoa, wait a second, this this like, you know, everyone's really struggling with this. And so I started to dive into the science, I started to dive into the research and really explore gratitude from a totally different perspective. And to, you know, practice on myself first, and then I took it to my community. 
and um, became a gratitude and, and mindset coach. And now we we just we flip it upside down and we look at that inner healing from a totally different perspective. And gratitude is at the top of the food chain, and it helps to build that, like I said, to to build that fortitude and that mental strength. I am personally glad that you and people like you talk about this thing because there's a part of me that I'd always felt um, guilty that why am I not good at practicing gratitude and I always feel like there's something wrong why you know that other people are grateful all the time why can't I just there's there's nothing wrong with you because everyone tells you to make a list and that's all that it is is a checklist (laughs) exactly that's it so thank you for that where can people find you I mean we talked about gratitude builds fortitude podcast I'll put a link to that in show notes is that the best place for people to find you where can people find you online yeah I was gonna say after you're done listening to this episode hop on over to the gratitude builds fortitude podcast and Mm -hmm. pick your favorite episode and and start listening that's the best place to find me I'm on Instagram holly.bertone b-e-r-t-o-n-e so you can find me there and I hang out on Instagram a lot and I answer every single one of my dms it's not someone on my team it's actually me and, uh, and then my website, uh, you can go to fortitude.academy and um, everything is there too. Cool beans. But I'm going to put a link to all of those things on the show notes and you will find me, uh, you know, in your community soon because I love this topic and, um, it, you know, a lot of what you said resonates with me and it also makes me feel a little bit better because I'm saying, to myself, well, some of the things that I'm doing that I may not have been calling gratitude is actually along the lines of of gratitude because I do ask myself, okay, Blue Blazer, what can you learn about this moment? What about this moment? It, you know, what is this moment teaching you? What is this negative, quote unquote, negative moment uh, presents to you in terms of opportunity? So I always try to ask myself those questions. Now, after listening to you, I under I realize now that those are actually ways of getting into feeling grateful. I may not be listing them on a you know on a list of you know top three things in the morning, but I'm actually not doing very you know very badly at the end of the day. So thank you for that. I can barely remember when I was 25, but I know I was just one big hot mess of trying to figure out life, and now I am 51 and. Uh, not as much of a hot mess, but I am still trying to figure out life and just making the best of it that I can. I want to thank Holly Bertone again for sharing her experience and insights with us. I'm going to find the links to her website and social media, as well as some highlights of this episode on the show notes. There were a couple things that I couldn't remember uh, the names of the people during our conversation, but I put them all in the show notes, which you can find when you go to secondrakes.com. Now, if you're going through a curveball situation or a midlife transition, there are a couple ways that I can help you. Number one, subscribe to the newsletter Midlife Cues. It's a free weekly newsletter about personal growth in midlife. Every Sunday, I send out highly researched, curated resources, tools, and prompts to help you design your next chapter with intention and purpose. To check out the newsletter, you can go to midlifecues.com. That's midlifecues.com. 
And number two, we can get on a one-on-one -on -one consultation. I now offer one-on-one -on -one consultation calls to help you brainstorm, plan, and strategize and execute your next chapter plans. These are not long-term packages. These are just one-time consultation calls. We can hop on a one-hour call and have a deep dive discussion on your particular topic or situation. Uh, so if you want to check that out, if you want to check out all the areas that I can advise on, my areas of expertise, and if this is the right thing for you to do, you can just head on over to lubeblazer.com. That's lubeblazer with an S dot com. All right, I'll be back in a couple weeks with a new episode. Until then, keep on making your dent, my friend. Cool beans. Thank you so much, Holly. I appreciate this conversation so much. Thank you so much for having me on the show, Lou.